ladies and gents, welcome to, uh, shit, what's the show called? Analogize This! You were so proud of that name. I know! You forgot it's it. a great pun. Um, my name's Tony Conway, I am one of your hosts. Uh, I am the other host, my name is Tess Elford. Um, we're, we're like a couple and everything, and we live together, and now we're going to talk about metaphors in our house for you, the listener. I feel like opening it with the fact that we're in a relationship is going to weird a lot of people out. Really? Yeah, it'll be like, oh, these guys are gross. Not like hashtag relationship goals. (laughs) 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 Maybe what's going to freak people out is me noisily retching like minutes and seconds into the show. (laughs) Good, we're off to a good start. So um, the the goal of this show is to, to make sense of a confusing and challenging world using helpful metaphors, using frames of reference that most of us have. They might be really terrible, terrible analogies, mm-hmm. but hopefully it'll be fun. And hopefully, who knows, maybe someone will learn something. It, oh, seems, un- <laughs> it seems unlikely at this stage. It will probably be us learning how to do not a bad job of this. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're, we're going to split the show into three chunks, and the first of those chunks is uh, looking at what's going on in the world right now. Like I feel what's... like we need to come up with snazzy names for the sections. That can be a job Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they could be some kind of metaphor pun mm. or analogy pun, that would be really good. Okay, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Or if, I mean, if, if you're out there, like, tweet at us, analogise this. It's with an S because we're British. Um, or you can email us, analogise this at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah, we're going to look at some things that, that have been happening in the news. Specifically, we're going to be using the BBC's, what's the article called? Uh, every week they publish an article yeah. called 10 Things We Didn't Know Last Week. Yeah, so we're just going to kind of look through that and see what's going on. Do you want to start, Tess? Sure, yeah. Do you want to go for um, number one? Are we going to talk through the first one? I mean, we could. Well, let's. I mean, let's read them out and see see if there's any comedy nugs in there. And if not, then we'll just keep <laughs> okay. going. So, uh, the first thing that we didn't know last week, according to the BBC, German tourists can travel to more countries without a visa than any other nationality. I'm okay. Not, I don't think that's funny. I think it's just another example of the ruthless efficiency of the Germans. They are ruthlessly efficient. Okay. They are like the. No, I can't think. I can't even think of a metaphor. They're just Germans. Yeah. Good job, Germany. Yeah. What about what's number two? Number two, wait for it. <laughs> the Cat in the Hat author, Dr. Zeus, produced allied propaganda films during World War Two. See, that I like. That's good. Now, this I want to know, firstly, I want to know what what were they like? Were they in the style of Dr. Zeus? <laughs> or were they, were they just like, here in the news, our brave boy is doing this, that and the other. I assume they were the Americans, because he was American, right? Yeah. But or were they like rhymes like, I will not, I will not bow to Hitler's law. I will, I will not, not do it. I will no, not, no, no, no. Like, will not. Ba- I will not eat the green eggs and ham. Yeah, you know that's the Doctor Seuss thing. But where does it fit in the Second World I, War? I, the person doesn't want to meet Hitler or eat green eggs and ham. Both of those things are bad. Yeah. Um, what's the modern equivalent of that? Are you struggling? Um, okay. I feel like. Okay, so we need a we need a beloved children's something author or or something just something. Let's be real, kids today are reading books. <laughs> oh, maybe sad. a be- maybe a beloved children's app developer <laughs> 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 making anti ISIS films like what? Do something like that. So we just need something lowbrow doing something a bit scary. Oh no, we decided. Did we? So oh, you like, decided. I'm. Still I decided sure about that this is like. Peppa Pig. I mean, that seems like this is that's something that kids really like. Also, Ooh. I'm told doing um, anti-ISIS videos. 
I yep. think that that could be a thing. You'd just pepper pig in a house. I mean, I don't know what she's got against the Muslims. The, they don't even eat pork. I was about to say the exact same thing. Like, I can't <laughs> imagine pepper pig. I think, actually, we we moved away when we were just discussing this briefly yesterday. Is we moved away from pepper pig and okay. towards other lowbrow entertainers. Did we? Such as Anton Deck. Yeah, I've watched that. So we decided... I've yeah. watched Anton Deck just, like, slagging off Osama Bin Laden. Yeah. In their chirpy little Geordie way. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay, so... Cool. So that's the equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Good. Uh, okay. What's next? Uh, moon jellyfish. Those are the little purple ones that you sometimes see mm. off the coast of Great Britain. Uh, mm. Moon jellyfish can age backwards <laughs> and regenerate body parts. I mean, regenerating body parts not that exciting, because we all know lizards can do that anyway. Right, but they're the wolverines of jellyfish. But, so, no, hang on. So they're both but the wolverines the of jellyfish. Yeah, also... And they're also the Benjamin Buttons of jellyfish. So they are both Brad Pitt and Hugh Ackman. That, that's I chose a to pretty, say it that way. pretty formidable combination of things. That's impressive. For one, for one tiny jellyfish small, to be. Small, given small that, purple floppy boy. Given that they don't have brains. All right, number four. So mood jellyfish are both the Hugh Jackman and the Brad Pitt of the sea. By proxy. By proxy, cool. which, which is pretty impressive. Ooh. Well done, moon jellies. Good job, Good work. fishy boys. Um... Oh, our galaxy is past middle age and stopped making new stars eight billion years ago. <laughs> that doesn't even... We don't even need to intervene on that one. Does that it's mean our like, galaxy has hit menopause? It stopped yeah, producing eggs? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's having hot that, flushes? That headline has rendered us redundant. <laughs> Already? We don't, We're like 15 minutes into We this. don't need to make that comprehensible because the BBC have just swooped us. <laughs> What's next? I mean, this one, again, doesn't need any help from us. Donald Trump's ancestor changed the family name to Trump from, wait for it, Drumpf. I feel like everyone knows that now because John Oliver, like, John Oliver done did it. But I'm trying to think of... Because there's lots of other other people who have changed their names. The royal family. Those guys. Those guys. Oh, so from, are we... From the incredibly German-sounding Saxo coburg Gotha okay. prefer... to the slightly more British-sounding Windsor. Who was that in relation to the Queen? That was her grandfather that changed the name? No, they only they changed it her in, father. in World War I, so it would have been her father. Her father. father. Yeah. Now, does that make the Queen Ivanka Trump? Oh, shit. Maybe it does. And when Ivanka Trump has No, children... because it was, it was okay. Donald Trump's ancestor, not him. Wasn't it his grandfather? Something like that. I think it was his grandfather. I read the thing. I'm pretty sure it was his grandfather. Who was also, um, I read more about this, who was also um, uh, an immigrant brothel owner. Wow. He ran a brothel in Seattle. Goodness. So that's like if Some... Edward the something, <laughs> you know more about was a, the succession. Was a <laughs> I mean, he probably he was. He around with a big hat and a cane. Okay. Which he definitely did. He had a crown and a scepter. <laughs> what more do you want? That's the pimpiest shit I've ever heard. Hell yeah. Next. What's next? What's next? Okay, okay. Right, this is probably the best thing on the whole list. Ooh. Possibly on any list anywhere. Number seven. A town in Spain has been celebrating Ooh. a duck throwing festival <laughs> for a hundred years. I mean, bless them. Well done. A hundred years of throwing ducks. <laughs> That's good. To what end? To Well... Who knows? Do we know? Yeah, I want to know why they're throwing these ducks. So Spain. Um, <laughs> so Spain. We're talking directly to you here. <laughs> why the fuck are you throwing ducks? Well, so, so I have two questions. 
One, are you throwing them because you want to hurt them? And two, do you know that ducks can fly? <laughs> What's the point of throwing a duck? Do they um, do they clip their wings first to see? To... Oh, that's cruel! Because, oh, you've made me sad. If you're going to throw a duck, yeah. presumably the point of it is to see how far you can throw it, right? But you're never going to find that out if the duck just takes flight halfway like through being thrown. Like a paper aeroplane contest. Yeah. I mean, why else would you throw a duck? I mean, I'm going to open um, the article and find out. But anyway, so um, what this is like, if we're going to explain this this weird shit to In people, local terms. Local terms. Let's think about this as our dearly beloved British tradition, cheese rolling. Do you think there are as many injuries in this as there are in cheese rolling? I feel like probably not. Ducks are quite, I mean, feathery, aren't they? So if you hit anyone with a duck, they're yeah, not going to die. Yeah, but they're also, like, if you start interfering with a duck, that duck's going to peck you. That's true. Ducks are, oh, ducks are thrown into the Mediterranean Ooh. and then caught and brought back to shore by swimmers. Ooh. Cool. Okay. Wait, what? They throw them in the sea and then the swimmers bring them back? Yeah. So it's like, fetch. But with humans catching ducks instead of dogs this, catching sticks. This reminds me of like every family holiday that we went on as kids. We would play games where you would like dive for the brick or something, like the pool brick. But these guys do it with ducks. That's bold. I that, like it. That is bold. I mean, so we've gone from comparing it to cheese rolling, which is a sort of weird, weird thing that British people do to just a Ooh. weird thing that Spanish people do, to actually, this. I mean... At least it, there's a point to it if you're throwing it, them into the sea and bringing them back. At least there's they, like an actual measure of success. What do they do when they bring them back? Do they eat them? I don't know. I mean, if we're going to talk animal rights, the event... <laughs> just let me quote this newspaper. Sure. The event caused a stir last year when a woman attacked an animal rights campaigner with a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Holding it by the legs and repeatedly hitting him with the animal... I mean, you could do some damage with a big enough cheese. I'm still t- stuck on the cheese thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just weird. <laughs> it's so, good. I like that story. So, in summary, British people do weird stuff. Yeah. Spanish people do weird stuff. Ducks. What's the next? What's the next one? Um, oh, this is just really nice. Ordinary Canadians privately sponsored nearly half of refugees entering the country. Nice one, Canada. That is nice. I like. Yeah. I've never met a Canadian I didn't like. That's true. Apart from you, Michelle. I don't mean it. Um, what? But what is that? Because I think not everyone knows what sponsorship is in immigration. Because um, normally if you want to just come and live in a country and you're not related to someone or something like that, um, and you're not fabulously wealthy, um, <clears throat> it can be quite difficult. And so I'm trying to think what... It's like if you were going to a party and the person whose party it was was really like, yeah, it's BYOB... And if you don't BYOB, then I'll be, like, really pissed off. And Donnie's like, oh, man, I'm so broke. But Steve is like, don't worry, man, I got this. I'll get you some beers and then we can get to the party. That's what it's like, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Cool. Like sponsoring Good. a friend to go to the cool Canadian property that we want to be at. <laughs> Number ten. A rare blind salamander Ooh. reproduces just once or twice a decade. I mean, <laughs> do we care? I guess. Like a software developer. <laughs> Humans generally. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more like just getting it. Um, but it's uh, the other thing is that it's blind. So is it is it only reproducing once 
like once every five years or so because it, it can't, can't find find a a <laughs> it's just so fumbling around. Please, please be another red blind lizard. Oh, I've been humping this log for days. <laughs> and now somebody's come up and told me it's a log. Well, at least you know it's not judging you on looks. That's true. They must be really not shallow as as a species. Well, maybe, or maybe they're super into smells or something. Oh, that's true. You know, maybe like, they get really oh, snobby about the smell. You instead. smell a bit musty, so mm. no thanks. Maybe they're all really cheesy. Maybe this is like a, um, I've heard that some of the some of the dating websites and stuff like that. Everyone's just really cheesy and no one ever talks to each other. Yeah. So that's what these blind salamanders are like. I've decided okay. over choosy daters because they smell the other salamanders and they're like, no thanks. Stanky. Stanky. I mean, Stanky what, what if there's another better salamander over there who probably smells nicer than you? Because that's what online dating is That's like. true. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You are not 100% up scratch. Do we, know if, do we know if all these salamanders are geographically close to each other? Let's find out. Oh. Found in cave rivers of the Balkans. Ooh, so quite cool. a niche place. <laughs> so it's actually just it's like, like it's like a dating site, but only for women aged twenty three to twenty four who like damp caves. Who like <laughs> <clears throat> cool? Well, good. I'm glad that we've learned something. Okay, so that's the the, the sort of the new news, you know, stuff. What we've, we've learned, learned this week. week. We'll come new back to this next week. We'll come back to this next week and hopefully we'll have learned some more new stuff. Cool. That we can try and explain where we don't really know what's happened. Okay. Good. Awesome. So I hope you all enjoyed that. Do you, do you want to introduce segment two? Okay, so in segment two, um, we are going to talk about a person, a person of, of historical regard. And we're going to try to educate everyone a little bit about this person through the lens of a modern-day person who we all presumably know at least a little yeah. bit about. It doesn't have to be a real person. It could be, like, a character from TV or something. Just someone that people know more just, about. Just, yeah. Um, we are, by the way, taking submissions for stuff like this. The person that we've chosen this week, we've chosen them because we went to an exhibition about them last week, so we feel particularly clued up. Um, but if you want to tell us, I've already said the email address... And the Twitter, so if you've forgotten them by now, then you're clearly not paying enough attention. So, Tess, who are we talking about this week? This week, Tony, we're going to oh. talk about famed diarist oh. Samuel Pepys. Very good. Nice. Strong strong nice. name for a start. Pepys, yeah. quite like it. Spelled not how you think. No, P-E-P-Y-S, fact found. So, so let's talk about Pepys. We like, we like Samuel Pepys from the exhibition. Yeah, he was a man good. who lived through a very turbulent period in UK history. He was witness to the Great Fire of London. He lived through the plague. He lived through the beheading of a king. And the restoration of the monarchy post yes. your boy Cromwell. What we've got to do, I guess, for people who don't know much about A, that period of English history, or B, diaries like writing diaries is find out like we've got to figure out what is the thing that people people can relate so we to we were now. talking about this <laughs> yeah we were and um, i couldn't help but wonder <laughs> should we compare this famous diarist to another famous diarist of our times one carrie bradshaw i mean so one of the things that we found out about peeps during this exhibition was that um he was really enthusiastic about stuff but also didn't really understand things very well. He wasn't he wasn't super bright. He was in the Navy for a while. He was, like, really on point and got that. And then he was just like, oh, they made me the president of the Royal Society of Sciences. I don't really understand anything that anyone's saying. And I feel like Carrie... What's her name? Bradshaw? Bradshaw. 
Yeah, so this is the lead character, the Sarah Jessica Parker character from Sex and the City, who writes a diary, and she is, in in the show, she is also a columnist for, I'm going to say Vogue, I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure called. the diary is the column, right? Yes. I know that she writes a lot of shit, yeah. but I don't know what it's about or who it's for. Anyway. Anyway. So, so Samuel Pepys was not necessarily the brightest button in the box, which we definitely know is true of Carrie Bradshaw because she keeps going back to that dude, even though he's really mean. Mr. Uh, Big. Mr. Big, yeah. Who is, who is Samuel Pepys' Mr. Big? Because uh, he really loved his wife and then she died. Oh, yeah, that was sad. And then he had a companion. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, so where does Aiden fit in with all of this? Oh, now I'm confused. Yeah, so am I. See, I don't think we know enough about Sex in the City to use this. Maybe... You know what? You know who the modern, like, diarists are? Vloggers? I was going to say bloggers, but vloggers is better. <laughs> and I really love the idea of somebody coming back and, like, sitting down in front of their Canon EOS 7D or whatever it is they're filming on and just be like, oh my god, guys, so today there was this massive fire. I couldn't believe it. Uh, right? It's Samuel Pepys' Zoella. Samuel Pepys' Zoella. <laughs> Samuel Pepys was the Zoella of his time, giving... It's so true, because people loved him. Totally, but he's also a bit... Like, there's not a lot to him. Yeah. Like, she's she's got good makeup. Like, yeah. that's it. And she, like, seem, pre- she seems like a really nice girl. Yeah, yeah, she's really sweet. But yeah. there's kind of... That's, like, she's just... She's good at makeup. Yeah. And... and yeah. Good she on likes clothes and stuff, and Peepsy really liked his clothes. He Did liked, he? Yeah, yeah. I missed that bit. There's a bit of him... He, he was very judgmental of uh, all the people hanging out in court, drinking and carousing, uh, and, and wearing fancy clothes. And yet, kept taking part in it that whole time. What a man. What a man. Lads, lads, lads. In the, in the 17th century? Late yeah. 17th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yes, Samuel Fuchs is totally the zero of his time. And the, the, uh, you know how she, I'm um, doing like the biggest inverted air quote things here. She wrote her book when in fact somebody else wrote it for her. That's like him being the head of the Royal Society and the Royal Society doing all this science and just being like, yeah, I'm the president. It's cool, isn't it? All this science. When in fact, he's had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and it's kind of, he was also made he was <clears> also <throat> made a judge. And yeah. he had, he, he, <laughs> his, his, his words were something along the lines of, I'm really happy that they've made me a judge. I just have no idea what it means. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. He was just really happy to be involved. So but. now, so let's, okay, so let's think about the life and times of Samuel Pepys. Uh, and I'm trying to explain that in the context of Zoella. Okay. So, because when he was a young man, he saw Charles II die. <laughs> so what's the equivalent what's of that in, in, like, the beauty vlogosphere? Because uh, I don't, like, I'll put my hand up now and say I don't watch the be- I don't watch beauty vlogs. I avoid vlogs in general because, I don't know. Do we think that him watching that massive historical incident on stage is a bit like how Zoella would have felt when she saw Kanye take down Taylor Swift at the VMAs. That, or Zayn leaving One Direction. <gasps> Zayn leaving One Direction. Because then, because then, Zayn can come back and that's the restoration. Yes. Because we're currently in the period, who's the Cromwell of One Direction? Ooh, struggling with that one. I do like, I do like Kanye and Tay Tay. Um, that was fun to say. Uh, that's also a good reference point. One of these is the one to go forward with. Maybe Taylor Swift winning the Grammy this year and being like, hey, Kanye, go suck a big and That's like... That's like the restoration. The restoration restoration of Taylor Swift is like the restoration of the monarchy. That's exactly it. Her album coming out is like when people started last year. What was it called? Uh, Oh, uh, 1989? Was that the most recent one? I don't know much Taylor Swift. Yes, I feel like that's the most recent one. So that was like... 
her her going off and like going out with um, John Mayer and Harry, and, and Harry Styles and that all just being I mean can you imagine going out with one of those guys oof no fun um, then so that was like the whole civil unrest thing right and Cromwell I mean so then but that's also so if Kanye is Cromwell yeah because now everyone's a bit like come on Kanye what the fuck yeah um, but for a long time people were like oh Kanye's kind of killing it like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fancy was a badass album and Yeezus was super intense and artistically very strong and then now no one's listened to his new album because you can only listen to it on Tidal and who's got Tidal uh, by the way this podcast will only be available on Tidal <laughs> we've done a deal with Kanye yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be happy with this he's not going to like what we've done at all uh, yeah, he's hoping that somehow we're going to be able to, like, get him that 53 mil. Yeah. I don't have 53 mil. No. I don't have 53p. Okay, so, so, the next, so that's the restoration of the monarchy turned through, talked Good. through in terms of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Which Samuel Pepys lived through. And, yeah. uh, and and diarised, and which Zoella has, has lived through and presumably has an opinion on one way or another. Yeah. Um, the so, other, yeah, go on. Next big thing that he mm. lived through, was uh, the plague. Mm. Mm. I feel like there's probably... I'm trying okay. to think of, of a, the sort of plague of modern times. Is it, <laughs> is it when you get a sore hand from balancing your smartphone on your little finger? Do you get a sore hand from doing that? No, but people... people oh, do. okay. So, like selfie warriors. I guess. Is yeah. that a thing? It is now. Have I made that, made that up? I don't know. Oh, no. The plague mm. of modern times is the selfie stick. That's what we're living through. It's a sickness. We're all, a lot of us, suffering from it. They are bad. It will pass. Many people will be struck down, but it will pass. <laughs> Is that, they'll be struck down by somebody <laughs> turning around and accidentally knocking Literally their struck head. down with a selfie stick. Plunk. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's not as bad as, ha- like, being covered in buboes and then dying. No, but... but I, are... t- I see, like, yeah. yes, of course, because Zoella, lovely as she is... Doesn't it's have not. to deal with the plague. Um, and she's also no Samuel Pepys. Yeah. You know? Uh, okay, good, good. Plague. What about the Great Fire of London? This is a tricky one, because <laughs> Samuel Pepys lived through the Great Fire of London. He was living in London at the time. He lived he, right on the edge of it. He did, and he got out, and he was fine. But as he was leaving his house, <laughs> this guy, because he had his priorities on point, just took the most valuable things from his house that he couldn't take with him. Ooh. Buried them in his back garden so that they'd be protected from the fire. Garden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and the things, was, okay. the things that he buried were bottles of wine mm-hmm. and a whole wheel of Parmesan cheese. Which that is expensive. And it was not easy to come by in those days when yeah. they didn't have trucks and such. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, but Outlook has made a pinging noise. I'm going to mute my laptop. Excuse me. Um, so that's a good point. I, that was a cool. That's a cool thing that he. It's that a memorable cool. thing. That so he what? Did. So okay. So Zoella. I'm trying to think what the parallel is here. Does she spill a drink on her laptop and before it goes haywire, she saves the latest video she's been working on or something I mean, like that? Yeah. Or does she see an actual fire and has to like bolt and get all her makeup, all her freebies? I think what we're saying here is that we we can't find an we, analogy for this. Have we reached the logical conclusion of this segment? Done, not you want to put a bullet in the head of this one? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So f- final bit, segment number three. Yeah, well, hang on. No, oh. we need to round up the, the second segment, which is Do we? Samuel Pepys, famed diarist, lived through some cool stuff. Similar, if you will, to modern-day Zoella. Anyway, what we can only <laughs> suggest you do is read up about Samuel Pepys online, because he seemed like a really sweet, if slightly dim, bloke. 
uh, who got involved in lots of cool stuff. Ooh. Okay. Segment three. We're calling this one Potluck for now. Um, in this, we'll probably take it in turns. But today, Tony has, has chosen a, a topic that mm. he wants to explain to us. Yeah. And I have chosen um, an arena within which he has to explain said topic. Uh, What's today's topic, Tony? Uh, web pages and how they work. Web pages. <sighs> Don't sigh. Okay, so today we're going to talk it's about interesting. web pages and how they work because apparently that's interesting. In fact, we're going to make it interesting. That's exactly what we're going to do. Because we're going to talk about web pages and how they work yeah. through the medium of cake. Oh, I love that. That's really good. Yeah? Yeah, totally. Okay, explain to us so, web pages through okay. cake. Okay, this is awesome. Right, so when, when you want to go on a web page, right, you type in the address or you click on the link or whatever, and that takes you to an address. And that goes to a server somewhere, and that server's managed by whoever looks after the website. I'm sorry, I'm not hearing any cake. I'm getting to the cake. Okay. So, that's you thinking, I want cake. I'm going to the cupboard to get my ingredients. Okay. That's the request to a server. And then on the server, like, all this stuff happens where they put together some code. They put together some HTML, or maybe there's some JavaScript and some CSS. I'll come to those in a minute. Okay. Um, and then, like that gets sent back to your computer. So that's like you taking the stuff out of the cupboard and putting it on the counter. So you've got all the ingredients there. So the ingredients arrive on the computer. And then your browser, right, that's a program. You've heard of those. Yeah. Yeah, cool. But what is it in the cake term? Cake terms, I guess the browser is... I can't work out if it's the... It's like sort of the process of making the cake, like the, okay. the, the mixing bowl and the cake tin in the oven. Okay. Um... But the, the end goal, right, is to have a web page that you're looking at that does things. And the end goal in cake terms is to have a delicious cake. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So you've got all your ingredients. You've got your eggs, you've got your flour, you've got your sugar. So those are the different parts of the web page, right? So you've got the code, the HTML, and then you've got CSS, which is another bit that tells you what to look like. Maybe that's icing. Ooh. Think about that. Yeah. Or maybe it's food colouring that you put in there. So you have bits of CSS that make, say, make this text red, make this bit underlined, make this box this big, and that's, like, how big your cake tin is. Yes. Good. <laughs> um, and then uh, you put it in the oven, and I guess the oven, because the, the heat in the oven is the thing that makes everything, like, what? go together, yeah. right, or make, like, makes things happen. Yeah. And in my mind, that's JavaScript, because most of the time... on So you get all this code that, like, in the past, you would just have HTML and CSS, and that would just be some text arranged in a particular way. Maybe you'd have some blocks around it. But nowadays, you've got JavaScript that makes, like, things happen on the page. So you know how Facebook it updates itself automatically without you having to reload the page, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? That's the oven. The oven is the JavaScript. And then you take it out and then you put some cream on it and it's a different bit of JavaScript because it makes the cake a whole different thing. A whole different <laughs> delicious thing. Um, so that's, yeah, in my mind, the, the, the internet is cake. The internet is a big bakery full of delicious code cakes. Bites. <laughs> Took me too long that, to get to that one. That works brilliantly. There it is. Yummy bites. Bites of, of cake. Yeah. Bites of information. So you go to the cupboard. That's you, like, clicking on the link. You get the ingredients or the ingredients. It's, a, it's almost like if the ingredients 
if somebody was in the cupboard, hiding in the back of the cupboard, like throwing them at you across the kitchen, you were a really good catch. So then, yeah, that like that's how it works. That's how the internet works. Like cake. Cool. Do you feel like you learned something today? Uh, I'd really <laughs> like to say yes. You can say no. I mean, if if we could get. You started on a really good, coherent explanation sure. of what it was with the with the having someone hand you the, the Ooh, ingredients out of the cupboard. Delicious. Can we take that to completion? Also, because I still don't really feel like I know what you're explaining to me. Is it how a website arrives on your computer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so what we're learning yeah. is where do web pages come from? Where do the raw ingredients of the web page come from? Yeah. Right? So you've got, like, HTMLs. If you look at HTML... Which is what? I don't... Let's, it's let's code. say that I don't it's, know what that it's is. It's code. So it's, like, lots of lines of code that say, this is like, this is a paragraph, this is a list, and things like that. But then when you run that through a browser, it actually looks like a paragraph or, like, a list or, like, ah. colours. And, and then CSS is the thing that makes it colours or... So it's another kind of code. It's another kind of code. And so you'll have a bit in your HTML that says, this is the CSS that I need, and it pulls that from a different place. So that's like, oh, shit, I need to go back to the cupboard again. That's what happens, is that you go to the cupboard and you get, like, the bag of flour, and then you look at the side of the bag of flour, and, it's, you know, they've got the recipes on them. Yeah. And they're like, you're like, oh, okay, now I need eggs. That's, that's the CSS. Oh, man, that is potent. Um, so then you go and get eggs and you make a cake you're giving me a very unimpressed look <laughs> I'm trying here I know first time around <laughs> this is my first time at the rodeo it is okay well, it's not so so okay what else is not clear so you've got all of the, the ingredients. the ingredients, which yeah. are your different kinds of code that yeah. tell you all the bits. Yeah, so they've all and arrived then, on your computer, which okay. is the counter. Cool. <laughs> okay, cool. And then you, you put them all in a bowl together. Mix them up. And mix them up. And which is, so then your computer, the browser, is like, okay, I've got all these ingredients, I need to put them together. So, so the bowl is the browser. The browser being like Chrome, Google Chrome. Yeah, or Firefox. Or other the, browsers are available. Other browsers are available. Maybe you could use Microsoft Edge. Because it's 2016, baby. Anyway, um, I don't. Um, then what happens? Then, if it were a cake, you would put it in the oven. Right. Which, in this right. case, is, is also the browser? Uh, yeah, I think that's part of the process. I mean, like, I don't want to get too deep into computer science here because I feel like I'll give myself a headache. Please don't. Um, that whiskey was a bad idea. So, effectively... Like you put you've put all the ingredients in and mix them together, and then the browser is like the oven kind of thing that turns it into the actual thing that you want to see. Want so to instead see, yeah. of it being slop, it becomes delicious cake. Yeah. So, so instead of it being a jumble of bits and excuse the pun bites, it becomes a delicious, a, a, delicious web page. A delicious, delicious, comprehensible web page. Okay. With colours and images. Yeah. Oh, but images is like. Then there's a there's a bit in the HTML that says, oh, but I need this image from this other like this other location. I need this other file. And so that's when you've taken the cake out of the oven. You're like, gotta go back to the cupboard. Get some like I see. Spot on. Yeah. Possibly those little circles with my face on that you've got in the cupboard. That yeah. Cotton cakes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Good. so the extra putting in the cool stuff, the images and and the interesting bits. That's your icing. It's even cake. it's even more files that will come in. It's other ingredients. Extra so stuff. files are ingredients. Mm-hmm. 
and the oven is the browser, and the cupboard is the server. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, this totally makes sense. Okay, cool. I feel like I understand a little bit more now yeah. about how, yeah. how websites come come to fruition. Ooh. And I hope that the listener has learned something too. Probably not. I'm sorry if all this has done is make you want to eat cake. I'm not. Okay. I'm not sorry at all. Or make you want to eat websites. They don't taste good. I can tell you that from experience. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Um, okay, so uh, that's our show. Um, thank you for listening. If you liked it, tell us on, on Twitter at Analogize This with an S, don't forget. Uh, uh, email us, analogize this at gmail.com. If you didn't like it, Please also tell us because that would be helpful feedback. Yeah, and tell us like tell us why you didn't like it. Yeah, be constructive with your feedback. Yeah, as long as it's not like you guys are buttheads, that's not helpful. Okay, thanks for listening. This has been Analogize This. Please clap. Should I do that if you